You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I, I could see him getting the old uh, snip snip if he doesn't want any more kids and still practicing. Oh, bleh. I took things to another. I'm sorry for saying that. I... No, no, no. I'm just thinking the pain. <laughs> I've asked. I've asked for one four times, and the doctors have told me no every time. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, Brazilian Ty, Travis Curra. I don't need the dating advice, but Ty, I stumbled across this today. And apparently, if you want a second date, you got to go for fried chicken and Caesars. Now, I'm not a big fan of Caesars. I do love me some fried chicken. But apparently, that's the secret if you want to find a nice Manitoba girl, Brazilian Ty. What? Let's forget about the second date. Let's just get a first date. <laughs> let's not let's not put the cart before the horse. In the huddle with Karan Todd on the Two and Out podcast. Okay, I. I, I I feel like this happens every two years. We we talk about the broken record thing with multiple things, but it looks like the CFL is getting real close to a new provider for uniforms and merchandise and things like that. And I know a lot of people are hoping for Under Armour or something like that. But according to Mo Khan on Twitter, he has actually said it, it's, might be a little bit outside the box. And apparently some teams have already started stenciling ideas on potential new uniforms. It's almost become the norm as a CFL fan every few years to Mm -hmm. get a a new jersey. And i got to be honest, I, I pretty much buy a new jersey every damn year anyway, but I'm getting a bit tired on the new ones. Yeah, it would be nice to have some continuity. Um, you know, the NHL had uh, Reebok for years, and now they have Adidas. Um, and, you know, teams like Manchester United, who have they changed their ad, like their sponsor changes, but, I mean, it's still Nike. Um, you know, and they have it's the same design year in, year out kind of thing. Um, I kind of hope that, you know, Coho comes back and maybe takes <laughs> over. That would be awesome. Because, uh, you know, those Oilers third jerseys back in the 90s were sick. <laughs> Coho, that's a name. Yeah, Coho. Uh, what else? Oh, there are so many good jerseys. Um, but, yeah, and people look at it as a money grab. Well, no, like the 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 the, the company that manufactures the jerseys, they just, you know, they, they're the ones that don't re-sign the contract. I'm sure the, the CFL would love to keep keep the same company on year after year after year, but... Um, you know, it, it does come down to a money game for the manufacturers to a point as well. And if they're if they're not, you know, reaching the bottom line that they want or that they've deemed necessary to keep the contract, then they're going to terminate on their end. 
All right, man, let's go through the games for week 11. Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. We do start off with Thursday night football. The Hamilton Tiger Cats, three-point favorites over the Edmonton Eskimos. These two teams did play in week two with the Tiger Cats winning 38-31. to We do start on the Edmonton side of things. Congratulations to Mike Riley for the new addition to his family. He was in the hospital what, Monday morning, and then he stopped by the stadium to go to practice that afternoon. <laughs> they had the C-section scheduled, and they even yeah. mentioned during during their game is that he was hoping that they would move practice the afternoon so he can make it. I'm like, dude, you have a day off to take it. <laughs> this guy is just a, a, a warrior and the ultimate teammate, man. He's definitely He's the a ultimate machine. teammate. I, I could see him getting the old uh, snip snip if he doesn't want any more kids and still practicing. Oh, bleh. I took things to another. I'm sorry for saying that. I <laughs> No, no, no. I'm just thinking the pain. <laughs> I've asked I've asked for one four times and the doctors have told me no every time because let's be honest we don't want me multiplying. They tell but, you they tell you no. Yeah, but I want it done on like a Monday because I'm guaranteed a week off of work. <laughs> hey, that's what green giant vegetables are for, man. Yeah. I have I buy the green I buy the green giant like microwavable pouches. So I mean, put that on, and then once it starts to defrost, you throw it in the microwave. There you go. You unthaw them, and then they're good to go right after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like think ahead. <laughs> CJ Gable back as a starter this week. Uh, back at Tim Hortons Field as a member of the Eskimos, but also Vidal Hazelton as well. We mentioned on Monday's podcast that. Um, Yes, they're going to have some pretty tough roster decisions here with Bryant Mitchell's performance last week. And looks like, yeah, he's listed as a backup to Vidal Hazelton. I don't really know if you can go wrong with either receiver, though. I, I don't think so. Uh, you know, Mitchell proved last week, that, or yeah, last week that, you know, he can put up the numbers. Uh, Hazelton has proven it too when healthy that he can put up numbers. So I, I don't know if you're really losing that much. Uh, and Mitchell is somewhat of a security blanket in that position where. If something does happen, you know, they have a guy who can go in and play that position. So uh, that is nice. You know, the receiver depth that Edmonton has, especially with the quarterback they have, receiver depth just makes him even better. The Eskimos here, actually, they do put up pretty nice numbers. Uh, Darrell Walker, Mike Riley, both averaging well over 20 points against Hamilton over the last few years. Kenny Stafford struggles a little bit, but I really do like C.J. Gable in this one if you do want to start him. The Tiger Cats are giving up almost mm-hmm. 130. 30 yards a game on the ground. There might be an opportunity for Gable to light up his old team. For sure. Uh, he averages 18.6 in the last couple of years, uh, only eight against Hamilton. Uh, that was only uh, one game, maybe two. Um, but I, if the, let's say they do give up that 130 yards, well, that's 13 points. You throw a touchdown in, there's your 19. Uh, that, And, you know, he, he you're going to, have to pay for him he's not he's not crazy expensive he's not in that top tier no but, uh, a really good a really good looking option for this week for sure 
Yeah, especially with Andrew Harris going up against mm-hmm. uh, Calgary this week. Wilder, I know he's attractive against Montreal, but every week he just seems to be getting more and more expensive. Gable is a he's a nice pick that's near the top in that price range, and he's uh, just as good and just as elite. Uh, as for Hamilton goes. Like, if this guy was playing, the Eskimos would be happy to have C.J. Gable back there to help with pass pro. But Joe Modford is to be honored at halftime during the game. Uh, Speaking for myself, he was probably one of the first defensive players I ever gravitated towards. And it might have been the shoulder pads. This guy was a monster with the biggest shoulder pads I have ever seen. He's going to be honored at halftime during this one. Yeah, you kind of reminded me of Jack Lambert. Yeah, and same kind of colors, too. And complete and utter monsters. Oh, yeah. On the defensive side of the ball. Um, and like you said, yeah, like when when we were younger watching football, you know, you, you mainly focused on the offensive guys because it seemed that they were the ones uh, that got the coverage. But, you know, every now and then the defensive guy was good enough, or, you know, was above the rest and stood out. And Montford was definitely one of those for us. All right, uh, the Eskimos, as for their rush defense, they're giving up uh, over 107 yards rushing a game. It's kind of middle of the pack there, but they've given up 13 rushing touchdowns, second only to Winnipeg's 14. Alex Green has started two games this season and has four touchdowns. I really like the Alex Green play this week. Uh, Yeah. like He's not very expensive for what he could give you. Um. You know, and the Esk's defense hasn't been uh, shut down, to say the least. And like you said, middle of the pack. So um, 13 rushing touchdowns, that's that's too much. Uh, you know, Green, Green, or, sorry, the Eskimos defense would be right for the picking for Alex Green for sure this week. Now, this is kind of a put-up-or-shut-up game for the Tiger Cats a little bit. They've been up and down all season. It was just about four or five weeks ago that I think people thought that, hey, this Tiger Cats team looks like they are going to be competing for first in the East, and then they lost two straight to uh, a Saskatchewan team that, at the time, was not really moving the ball at all, especially the game in Regina. Uh, We thought that the Tiger Cats would be able to get by them after big wins over Winnipeg and Hamilton, and I think they've got a great opportunity here over Edmonton. It's a short week. For the Eskimos, they're traveling to Tim Horton's field. I like the Tiger Cats in this one. I uh, I got to go with the Eskimos. Just the teams are pretty evenly matched when it comes to scoring. This spread opened up at you know Edmonton favored by a point, so the the money has moved moved it to to those three points for Hamilton. Uh, but Edmonton's offense we saw last week, and with Mike Riley and the receivers that he has, I just see them. I just see them being able to put up points regardless of whether or not it's a short week. Yeah, I think this is going to be a fun one. Nonetheless, it might be one of the better games of the week, but I think the Tiger Cats are going to be fired up, and they're going to take this one. We we go to <laughs> this game. <laughs> the Alouettes and the Argonauts, they've actually not played yet uh, this season. The Argos have won two straight. Uh, they're five-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, the, the point differential in the past few games was actually uh, only two. So it, it's not like mm-hmm. <laughs> they're winning big. But we start with Toronto, 
And oh, you kind of got a feel for Bear Woods. Now, throughout his career, he kind of has had injury troubles. He even did with Montreal. But he had off-season back surgery, returned to practice last week. He picks up a pass and ends up falling. I think he might have broken his wrist. He hurt his hip, so he missed last weekend's game. Now, he's back at practice this week. Uh, he's taken reps, and it looks like... He might get into the game with the club on the fist. I love it when players get out there with the club on their hand. It's like Jason Pierre-Paul. Oh, yeah. It's a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, back back in the 70s and 80s, guys would, you know, have a cast that the refs would check and yeah, then yeah. put one on. <laughs> and before kickoff, that was, you know, three times harder and try to inflict pain. Um <laughs> But with what they have at middle linebacker, bear, a one-handed Bear Woods can still be pretty effective. Yeah, absolutely. And suddenly the Argos are actually favorites to sign Deron Carter. And this is kind of forgotten, but SJ Green was a teammate of Deron's mm-hmm. when he was in Montreal. And they teamed up to make a pretty good uh, duo in Montreal. If the, Who knows what they would have been able to do if they actually had a good quarterback here. Maybe SJ is going to be given that job to rein Duran in if the Argos actually do sign him. But we, like I said last week, you shouldn't have to do that. Like, oh yeah, it's Duran Kern, Duran Kern needs to grow the. <laughs> in my opinion, like it's it's stupid that we have to talk about a teammate or a coach having to corral this guy or, you know, like you said, Chris Jones last year was having 15-minute meetings with him. Like, why do you have to do that? You are a professional athlete. You are an adult. Act like it. Well, clearly eight of the nine teams have said it's not worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That being said, he could really help that offense. Oh, I know. I know. So, uh, (laughs) Which is the worst. that's That's what makes it worse is because he knows he's good. So he knows he can pull this act for another two years, and then, you know, he's, he's going to get kicked off the team like he did in Saskatchewan again. Or, and, like, you know, he never he never spends that long at any team, and he'll have to find a new team. So I think he's just going to be flavor of the month kind of idea. Well, and three down radio, Lowell Ulrich and Julio Caravetta said, hey, uh, you know what, maybe he inherited this as well from his dad. His dad wasn't the nicest guy. No, his dad also told rookies at the NFL Symposium they need to have a fall guy. So take that for what it is. Yeah, so he's not an angel either. It's in his DNA. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess we could blame Chris Carter for the way his son turned out. Like, they say you shouldn't, don't feel bad about the way you turned out as a child. You can blame your parents for that. Hey, so, I mean, do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's video evidence of, of, of this, so. McLeod Bethel-Thompson has a 23-point average in his two starts, and this is a really attractive game to throw him out there. But I'm starting Mm -hmm. to wonder, like, who the heck do you pair him with? Because S.J. Green a couple weeks ago had the two touchdowns in Bethel-Thompson's debut, and then last week S.J. did nothing. So I, I'm thinking maybe it's got to be James Wilder and Bethel Thompson here. Wilder, by the way, averages yeah. almost 34 points against the Alouettes in his short career. Mm-hmm. And 
with a rookie quarterback, uh, you know, we know James Wilder, they're going to try to establish the run. Tressman knows how to, you know, handle a young quarterback. And he's the safety valve. If they're not going to run and they go to the pass, um, you know, he, James Wilder might stay in the block, but he'll release, uh, give give Bethel a, an option where if something's not there, he has a check down and, you know, he could gain yards. And remember, you get points for catches. So if he catches six passes, I mean, that's an extra six points regardless of the yards. Uh, so that's also something to look at for sure. And, you know, we know he has a penchant for the end zone as well, um, whether it's running or in the pass game. Another guy that has a penchant for the end zone is Anthony Coombs, who made his return to the team another one of those awesome players from Manitoba. He's only 25 years old. He's actually had uh, some uh, injury troubles in his career there. But, man, you think of the players coming out of Winnipeg or in Manitoba mm-hmm. over the last few years. Man, they're, they're putting some real good players there. And that is another threat and another safety valve for McLeod Bethel Thompson. He had the touchdown last week. He might, uh, it is a little bit risky because we don't really know the full extent of his usage uh, or how much they want to get him involved in that offense, but you got to think it's trending the right way if he keeps scoring touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, that, those usually work well yeah. <laughs> for uh, for a team's offense. But aren't you glad that the CFL isn't like the NHL used to be where, you know, Montreal, if there was a kid in Quebec, he was probably the Canadians? Basically, Because Manitoba yeah. could put together... Manitoba could put together a pretty good football team. Yeah, but a lot of those Manitoba stars have gone back to Winnipeg. Uh, Andrew Harris, mm-hmm. Keenan LaFrance, Nick Dembski. Hey, man, they, yeah. who knows? They could get Eddie Steele, and they could get uh, themselves Anthony Coombs. Yeah, but if they get Eddie Steele, who's going to be Chris Jones's backup lineman, <laughs> offensive lineman? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we go to Montreal, and I'm just going to say, Consequences. You better have that clip. There has to be consequences now. There has to be consequences now. Just, there has to be consequences. Enough of talking about it. There has to be consequences for it. It's just not acceptable. (laughs) I love the towel. That's my favorite part of it. (laughs) Because he's foaming at the, he's literally foaming at the mouth. (laughs) So TJ Graham, uh, he was actually a draft pick in the NFL. Big guy, but drops he's. We saw it last week in Edmonton. Uh, he's kind of screwed over his quarterbacks multiple times this year by dropping some beautiful passes. So he's gone. So the he's, uh, Al- he's not the only one. Nah, he's not the only one. I agree. Uh, there's some veterans as well that uh, aren't helping the quarterback either. Jamari Staples mm-hmm. comes in, and then. The Owls lose Tyrell Sutton uh, to a quad injury. We'll see how long he's going to be out. But I actually think they have a good little backup plan there. And William Standback, he's going to get the start this week. They've jacked his price a little bit on TSN CFL Fantasy to $4,000. Um, John Bowman was back practicing. And Johnny Manziel has not, as of Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, they say he's... I guess he got some light sensitivity right now with the concussion. He could be there on Thursday, but if I'm a betting man, it's probably going to be Antonio Pipkin, who had a, a decent debut against Edmonton last week. And I don't think Edmonton, uh, or I don't think Toronto has the defense Edmonton does. You know, for a 1 and 8 team, they sure know how to stay in the news. I know. No kidding, man. They're, they're not irrelevant. I mean, 
they're not selling a big amount of tickets, but at this point, it's one in eight. I don't care what city you're in, who's going to want to go watch that team. But you're right, man. Media hasn't given up on the Alouettes. <laughs> Somebody's got to make a paycheck. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, Pipkin, you know, he didn't look terrible, didn't look great. Uh, Toronto's defense, uh, you know, it's not like I, I know we keep kind of harping on the soft zone that they tend to run in Edmonton and all that stuff, but you know that it is still a better defense in my opinion uh, than Toronto. Uh, so I mean, Pipkin could have a repeat of last week. And you know what? Nineteen to twenty-five points from Antonio Pipkin for you know what are you paying six thousand dollars? That's pretty good. Uh, you know, both both quarterbacks in this game are you know really really affordable yeah. and you know have the opportunity to to score. Uh, you know, between the, that 20 to 25 points, which if you can get that from a quarterback that you're only paying $6,000 for, that's pretty good. I mean, if you want to do it, you could uh, pair him up with B.J. Cunningham. He had the touchdown last mm-hmm. week against Edmonton due to some poor tackling, uh, but he averages 24.5 points against the Argos uh, yep. over the last few seasons, and I'm sure he's got about 24.5 different quarterbacks over the last few seasons as well. Um, one note on William Standback. Toronto is the third worst rush defense in the league without Bear Woods. He's $4,000. He has shown some really nice burst in uh, the times that they have put him in. He has been returning kicks. So I, I am a big fan of picking Standback this week. Also, the Alouettes have given up 22 passing touchdowns this season. Seven more then Ottawa, which is <laughs> they're they're the second worst in this category. They've also been the only team that have given up over three thousand pass yards so far. Toronto uh, is the second worst than that. They've given up uh, almost six hundred and seventy yards less than that. <laughs> and Cavis Reed still has a job. Good for him, man. Like I uh, sell <laughs> I myself. An wife, I don't know at all. whose wife he's got pictures of. <laughs> Who are you picking? <laughs> I got to go Toronto. Uh, you know, both teams probably, or, you know, both teams starting working quarterbacks more than likely. Uh, I'll take the Trestman coach quarterback over Mike Sherman's uh, just due to the fact that Sherman hasn't shown anything that proves he understands this league or, you know, what's going on in his general vicinity. <laughs> I'll put money in the swear jar. It's fine. <laughs> I'm picking the Argos. As well. <laughs> now that I'm back to work, I got nothing but money. <laughs> nothing but money. All right. So that means you can. <laughs> nothing uh, but Harashi. That means you can uh, donate to a few uh, booster campaigns with ATP Financial. This is really cool what they do. So it's a reward based crowdfunding platform here. So small businesses, this is really good for them. Uh, basically, uh, say you're a pizza joint and I don't know, the dough maker breaks down. You can go to ATB Financial and uh, run a booster campaign and then people can help you out. So it's a rewards-based crowdfunding platform. If you want more information on that, atbbooster.com without the E. So ATB Booster without the E. Dot com. What are some other examples here? Brazilian Ties running the bar. He drinks all the booze. Runs a booster campaign to replace the booze. I, I don't know you if that's legal. You just described one of my buddy's weddings. <laughs> <laughs> the night before. The night before, I get asked, can you and Nick run the bar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely can. <laughs> I don't know if it's legal, but I guess there's another... Uh, 
<laughs> Another oh. example for you. Anything's legal in McCrory, Saskatchewan. <laughs> Yeah, so check out atbbooster.com without the E. We're going on to the next game here. It is Winnipeg and McMahon Stadium to take on the Stampeders. Stampeders are nine-point favorites, uh, seven and one. They just lost their first game last week, and it is the live mic game of the week. Hey, maybe uh, Dave Dickinson will yell at Medlock that he's going to miss the kick, and then Bomber fans will cry as well. I thought that was a fun part of the game. He probably does it every time. Yeah, but They just true. happen to catch it on a microphone this time. Who cares? Why, why do people care? You know, if, if it's a player, people think, oh, yeah, whatever. It's just a trip. But if a coach does it, oh, no. It's the end of the world. Like, <laughs> yeah, I had no problem with it. I thought it was awesome. I thought the live mic actually picked up something fun. Yeah, which, you know, um, I, I'm kind of over the live mic games, but... You know, when it does get stuff like that, I like it. But, I mean, that's what CFL Wired is for. Yeah, CFL Wired's a great show. But after watching it, you know that they can't do that live because of the language yeah. that's being used. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, Don Cherry's on a seven-second delay. Why can't they do it with the CFL? I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah. As for Winnipeg goes here, Jamarcus Hardrick has hit the six-game injured list. That is a big loss for the Bombers offensive line. Ryan Lankford had five targets last week. He's continued to practice in Dressler's spot so far this week. And late on Wednesday, I guess the Bombers removed Dressler from the sixth game and he could return to practice today, that being Thursday. So it looks like they kind of want to get Dressler back in there, ready Mm -hmm. for this game and ready for uh, Labor Day because uh, the Bombers are all of a sudden kind of in a desperate spot after that loss to Ottawa here. And being desperate, going into Calgary and going into Regina is not that good of a spot right now. No, and, you know, Labor Day, the Riders win. Banjo Bowl, Winnipeg wins. Um, it's really hard to sweep those back-to-back series. And, you know, Calgary's pissed off from last week. Um, they need to win this week, Winnipeg. Um, you know, you drop to five and five. You got the possibility of going five and six. Saskatchewan catching in the standings. Uh, BC is right there as well. Like, it's becoming a schmozzle. And you know, you're five and four, third in the West. You you could after Labor Day or after Banjo Bowl, after the rematches the, the week later, they they could be out of a playoff spot in the West. They could have a crossover, but I mean, not have a chance at a home playoff game. Like it, that like you said, desperate times. Um, I don't think it means Matt Nichols isn't going to start, but desperate times do call for desperate measures. Well, and you know what? The things that happened last week, if we go off of just last week, mm-hmm. it, I think it's uh, the Bombers, they could lose two out of the next three. And if the Riders do the opposite, win two out of the next three, then things kind of swap in the standings there. Yeah. And, you know, when it... Winnipeg wants to at least hold on to that third that third spot, and there's no travel. Or well, I mean, not the travel, but it, you know, it'll be in the west. I guess for Winnipeg, if they go east, it's one hour. If they go west, it's one hour. So it doesn't really make that big of a difference. Um, but I think you'd still rather play in your own division. Um, well, maybe maybe not. 
because you know if they win that West Semi, they got to go back into Calgary. So maybe they do want to go to the East. Maybe they are going to sandbag. You never know. And you know what? Winnipeg wants to play at home <laughs> though, because those fans, yeah. they would make a difference in November. For sure, for sure, they want to. They, you want that home playoff game, uh, regardless of the division you're in. Um, you know, so they, like you said, they're desperate. Uh, you know, a a ten win, a ten and eight is not going to get you that home playoff game. Uh, they were twelve and six last year and had to go on the road. So, uh, yeah, they got to they got to start pulling away and start catching Edmonton here and and hopefully make a make a move in the standings. Are you going to have any bombers on your team this week? I thought about it, but it's really hard to pick Andrew Harris at over ten thousand dollars. Yeah, the the Riders were able to put up um almost a hundred rushing yards between their running backs on the Stampeders last week. I really don't know if they're going to be able to do that again. Or I don't, if, if, I don't think so. If Winnipeg will be able to do it, yeah, that's that's hopeful. That's hopeful thinking. Calgary's defense didn't look great last week, um, but you know they're coming in pissed off. So I would stay away from the, the Bombers' offense. Yeah, beating Calgary is one thing. Beating them at McMahon is <laughs> a totally different thing. Uh, we yeah. we do talk about the Stampeders. Could Don Jackson be returning? I think it's been three weeks since he last played for the Stampeders. And uh, his first season, he was putting up some nice numbers to start. He has been practicing this week. Danny Austin has said that he was uh, seen doing push-ups in practice. So apparently he's got a lot of energy to burn. And uh, he could be back into the lineup for the Stampeders this week. I would not want to be... Winnipeg's offense at all because yeah I do think that the the Stampeders are pretty mad and last week we saw a bomber defense that was reminiscent of their defense from the last few years of giving up some bad plays and breakdowns in the secondary Stampeders might be able to take advantage of that (laughs) are you going to have any stamps on your team uh no, I don't actually have any Stampeders. I had thought about it, um, but you never know from week to week who Bo is throwing the ball to. Um, and without knowing if Don Jackson is going to be in the starting lineup or not, I shied away from that as well. So there, there is opportunities with Kamar Jordan. Uh, you know, Bo averages this under nineteen. Eric Rogers, if he's healthy, you know, he averages sixteen points. And there is there is opportunity there, uh, but they spread the ball so much, and you know, each week is somebody different. It seems. Devars Daniels only averages six against Winnipeg over the last few years, but uh, screw it. I've got him on my team right now. Who are you mm. picking to win? <laughs> uh, at home, the Stamps. Uh, you know, after last week's beatdown, there's no way they're going to be happy. Uh, Winnipeg, like you said, is susceptible to giving up yards in the big play. Uh, Calgary has the most big plays uh, on offense, which is 20 yards or longer. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're going to be able to capitalize on those and they're going to put points on the board when they get the opportunity for sure. I agree with you there. The last game of the week, the Riders and the Lions. The Lions are two-and-a-half-point favorites. They're sitting at three and five, fifth in the West. The Riders, fourth in the West at four and four. So if the Lions want to stay in the race, they need to win this game. Uh, I know we're not even at Labor Day yet, but... To keep pace, the Lions, they're another one of those teams in a bit of a desperate spot. If they want to make the playoffs a period, never mind the the crossover. And the crossover, who knows if that's going to happen because 
I mean, Toronto's coming on. Uh, Hamilton mm-hmm. and Ottawa are both tough. And you you can't tie them and win by the tiebreaker to get into the playoffs. No. Either way, the Lions... And, and if, B, if BC pulls this game out, they're 4-5. and five. Saskatchewan's 4-5, and five, but BC will have the tiebreaker. So Saskatchewan's all of a sudden out of a playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, the Lions are <laughs> undefeated at home this season, though. Uh, I know we're only a... You know, eight weeks That's crazy. into the season, but they have not lost at BC Place. We do start with the Riders. Caleb Hawley has been added to the six-game injured list, and the auditions have kind of started for his spot. Devin Bailey came into the game uh, when Hawley left, um, so they got some ratio flexibility if they go that way. They also traded for first-round pick Brian Jones from the Argos a few years back. They traded a seventh-round pick for him. Uh, we got Rob Bag back on the team, Mitch Pickton, Kyron Moore on the practice roster, Christian Jones maybe to play receiver, and they also signed Kenny Shaw to the practice roster. That's a name from a few years back. Uh, he had 17 mm-hmm. catches, 1,004 yards for the Argos in 2016. He was in in Ottawa last season, it never really worked out there as well. He's not in game shape, Chris Jones says, but he's going to be working towards that. I, I know the Riders maybe don't have the most experience at receiver, but they got a few options here. And, you know, with guys like uh, Naaman Roosevelt, and, you know, he doesn't have a lot of experience, but we know we know that he is, he's a gamer. He You know, he goes out, he makes the plays, you know, he, he's willing to cut across the middle. Uh, you know, willing to take the hit to make the play. Jordan Williams-Lambert last week we saw. Huge game from him. Uh, it's nice to see. And, you know, he was able to pick up uh, where where everybody else kind of left off. Um, you know, and Rob Bag coming back once he's in the lineup, that that's huge. And, you know, it helps with the ratio. Uh, like you said, Brian Jones, uh, Kenny Shaw, once he's, once he's in game shape. Like, um, they don't have – it's not so star-studded, but, I mean, it, it's guys that are are are, are – willing to to do the little things to, to help an offense move down the field. Um and we, we see we see that with Ottawa where you know guys are willing to run the, those little those little clearing routes or the out routes to, to get their other guys open and you know with the with the receivers that they have here it seems that they're kind of a cohesive group. Uh they might not be the most talented uh, but they're all willing to play for each other it seems now that Duran's gone. Marcus Thigpen is questionable uh, for this week, and I know the Lions have gotten better at stopping the run uh, that they were at the beginning of the season, but if there's no Marcus Thigpen, it looks like Cameron Marshall could be activated off the practice roster. Mm -hmm. He was playing well for the Riders last year until the knee injury that I actually think did happen on Labor Day, but either way, maybe Trey Mason is a nice little option for this week. And at just over $4,000, uh, you know, there is a possibility we've seen him, you know, have 70 yards in a game. He's He can catch the ball. Uh, you know, he knows how to get into the end zone. We saw that in college. Um, but with Cameron Marshall, if he is activated from the PR, he helps so much with the pass game because he's such a good he's such a good blocker um, that, you know, he can stay in and help that offensive line kind of gel early in that game, get, get stuff going, and then he's able to leak out, uh, you know, or the, those screen passes open up and they got to send extra guys because because they can't get to Calaro. So that, that could be a huge factor as well. I'm probably overreacting to what we saw from the Riders last week, but I see a lot of option, options and a lot of value when it comes to uh, fantasy options for the Riders because Zach Caleros, 
He's under $5,500. Jordan Williams Lambert is under $3,500. Last week, he had the 10 catches on 10 targets as well. We we know the story about BC secondary. Um, in the past few weeks, Williams Lambert, four catches, 86 yards. The next week, 10 catches, 152 yards. Uh, he's getting better and better as the season goes on. And with Caleros in there, a real quarterback, Seems the he seems to like to throw to Jordan Williams Lambert, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I really like the Ryder defense this week as well. They are the most expensive on TSN CFL Fantasy at fifty seven hundred dollars. Are you going to have any riders on your team? I am. I have two, but I can't tell you that until we, you know, reveal our lineups later. Okay, BC releases Gabe Napton, <laughs> and we're at that point of the season where. Uh, if a player spent more than six years in the league, I believe it is, they have their contracts guaranteed after nine games. Uh, so I guess they want to go with Lemon and Willis over Gabe Napton. Gabe Napton has a motor. He never quits. Uh, great effort. Uh, I would like to see him land uh, with another team as well. But they also bring in Micah Awi, who was with the Lions last year. Very controversial player. A lot of people will call him dirty. But this guy can hit, and he is a physical player. He's going to add some nastiness to that BC defense, and I know Lions and fans. add fifteen yards to the end of a lot of Saskatchewan Rough Rider <laughs> offensive plays. <laughs> we'll see if he plays. I, I I don't think he's going to play this week. No, probably not. But uh, I mentioned three down radio with Lowell Ulrich and um, Julio Caravetta earlier in the show, they had an interview with Micah Awi on there. And this guy is one of the best interviews I've ever heard. So, so honest. He talked about signing with the New York Jets and the Jets basically drafting uh, another kid at linebacker and getting rid of him. So he's like, I guess they wanted to go with a kid over me. Is that something I really want in my career? Like, Three days ago, he was driving Uber in Chicago. Now he's in Vancouver getting ready uh, and getting back into shape to join that defense. So I really like him. He's a smart guy. He's mm-hmm. got a, a power engineering degree. Uh, and he's kind of, you did the student athlete thing in school. He's kind of wanting to see if he can do that in real life. <laughs> Work a real job yeah. and play football at the same time. There might be some opportunities for him in Vancouver to do that. Oh, for sure. Um, there's ton, especially with a power engineering degree. Like, I don't know why he's playing football. Yeah, you got some money to make, and you don't have to take headshots. No headshots. You know, you don't have to go to pre- Well, I guess you got to go to an office. Maybe, maybe first practice. Maybe just two hours a day, and then go home. Man, that would be nice. <laughs> oh, that would more be and more. Nice. I think about it. Uh, More and more I think about it. Shaq Johnson will not be playing this week. He's got some rib issues uh, heading into this game, but I guess Ricky Collins might be good to go uh, there. Bit of a ratio flip. We'll see what the Lions do. After the Rough Rider defensive performance last week, I know Bo Levi Mitchell threw for four touchdowns on him, but do you like any Lions? Jeremiah Johnson, uh, the only thing that I worry about is he does have a history of, you know, getting injured so if you do take him um just be aware you might only have him for a quarter or a half um you know he only averages 12 points uh 
Burnham at 18, uh, Arsenal at 19, Lule only at 16.4 against Saskatchewan. Like, there's not a lot of big numbers out there. Um, and the way if Saskatchewan plays like they did last week, I mean, it's not even a question that you would stay away from this offense. Um, they haven't really shown, to me, uh, a lot of consistency where they're putting up the points and the yards. Um, I, I'd like to see it a little more, uh, a few more times before I really buy in into uh, these fantasy options on a more regular basis. All right, who are you picking? Got to take Saskatchewan. Uh, defense is healthy. Uh, they're on a roll, and if they're half the defense they were last week, they'll be able to shut down Travis Lule. I got the Riders as well. Um, let's see some consistency. Let's see if they can do it two straight. Let's see if they can do it on the road. Uh, uh, if they can do it in Vancouver uh, against the desperate Lions team, the Lions have to be desperate. Um, th- this could be a nice little battle on Saturday night. Uh, what's your? I- I've got the Riders too. What's your fantasy lineup look like? I'm starting Kalaros because he's cheap, and you guys know I don't pay for quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> James Wilder Jr., Trey Mason, Durrell Walker, Luke Tasker, Jordan Williams-Lambert, and the Argos defense against Montreal. All right, here's what mine looks like. Uh, Zach Kalaros, Alex Green, William Stanback, Jordan Williams-Lambert, Duke Williams, Devaris Daniels, and the Ryder defense. I got $146 left. What about you? I have 15 bucks. 15 bucks. I like that. Yeah. So I know every week I say that I, I just don't see the point of picking Mike Riley and he goes out last week and has a 36-point game. Did you make a I, I gotta get, uh, lineup I got to get this off my chest. No, I have never. I have not made a lineup with him this year. Oh, you just want to show off. I am in third in our group. You don't need Mike Riley at $14,000. <laughs> now you're just showing off. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, you're in fifth. <laughs> we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Hey, politics has been big this week. I'm not bringing it to this podcast, uh, but did you lose? Did you lose your White House clearance too? <laughs> Check out the high-level showdown. Michael, Elliot, and Sharon debate political topics from across Canada and the world that relate to Edmonton. So that's going to be fun uh, considering what they got to talk about now. AlbertaPodcastNetwork.com. Some programming notes. I am on holidays next week, but there still will be two and out. It's just going to be... A little bit different. We're not going to be having uh, the game recaps or the game previews. Well, we won't record it, but I will be able to take over the Twitter and give some numbers. Okay. Brazilian Thai uh, will be on the Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. But Monday's episode, Quinn Smith of the Calgary Stampeders will be joining us for a chat. It's a real fun one. I I wanted it to be uh, pretty casual. I mean, the guy talks about football nonstop, but there's more to Quinn Smith, as you'll find out uh, in our show Mm -hmm. on Monday. It's really fun. He's on the six-game injured list right now. Uh, Just had a hand injury uh, and hand surgery, actually. Uh, So we'll we'll see if he gets back on the field, but he joins two and out. And apparently the two and out bump is really good because look what uh, Charleston Hughes is doing this season. (laughs) Yeah, we're taking all the credit for that. (laughs) Every time he gets a sack, I just start singing Pour Some Sugar on Me. (laughs) 
And then on Thursday, a week from today, we will be joined by Commissioner Ambrosi. That's not a joke. It actually almost feels fake coming out of my mouth. Not a big deal. <laughs> uh, we have a chat with him. We talk about a lot of topics. Uh, so next Thursday, look for Commissioner Ambrosi. Monday morning, look for our interview with Quinn Smith of the Calgary Stampeders. We'll be back normally uh, Tuesday after Labor Day, talking about all those fun games over the Labor Day weekend. I totally can't wait for that. Have yourself a good one. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Twitter, and Facebook at 2 and Out CFL. We'll talk to you very soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.